This is a Kitty Pod production. not necessarily wearing a cape, but this is your humble host, Jason Bullitt, and I am the host of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, and I bid you welcome to episode number 139 of Same. You may have noticed we have a little bit of a festive atmosphere for this episode as we're getting into the Halloween spirit a little bit early. I'm recording this intro on Thursday night, the 21st of October, 2021, and for the first time in two years, we're actually going to have little kitties at the door for trick-or-treating after that really wasn't a thing last year thanks COVID and fuck off COVID we're all gonna have to live with it so we can't really know what the fuck off ain't gonna but enough about that I'm gonna tell you about autism and Halloween probably do some more research on that you may recall back in 2017 if you listened back that long I discussed kind of like my aversion towards the holiday it's one of the more least anticipated Holidays on the calendar, at least in my opinion anyway. Well, we're going to take the thousand-yard view this time around. Plus, we got some other stuff for you that we hope that you'll enjoy. But first, let's get to the social media plugs. I won't say let's get to the pod shots. You're in this thing early? No, no, no. We're we're just getting started. Social media. Twitter, at keep underscore podcast. Keep it to yourself, Facebook page, or whatever they're going to call it nowadays. (laughs) Uh, news came out recently that uh, he who shall not be mentioned was going to move away from Facebook. Say, oh, let's change the name of it, shall we? Metaverse or Meta World Peace or Metamucil. Oh, Metamucil's already been taken. Never mind. Man, I want to take a shit after that. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Where did I get out of that one? <laughs> the ghosts, ghouls, and goblins are going to be coming for my ass after that one. But let's quickly get out of this cul-de-sac and let's do some shout-outs here. I... Forgot to do this last month, but toward the end of September, I was out with Rich Fontenot. He posted on our high school class's Metaverse slash Facebook page. There I go again. And he was going to be out. He was in town. said, hey, man, anybody want to hang out? And I, fool that I can be sometimes. I thought I was past chasing people, but when you got somebody you haven't seen in a good long while in town wants to be down for the old hangout, I'm all about it. So, on a rainy Wednesday night, I made it up to Saratoga. I thought it was going to be Thursday night. I was so, you know, I had a real mental cloud. <laughs> Instead of 7 o'clock, I was watching Jeopardy. Then he DM'd me. He said, hey, man, you're running late. It's like, oh, I forgot it was tonight. I'm so sorry. So, after Jeopardy was over, I got in the car and banged it up to the Spa City. And we only went one place that night, and that was the Cooperstown Distillery. I've been in their flagship location in Cooperstown. But they recently opened up in Saratoga in the former Brugger's. 
So it was very dead that night. Uh, we wanted to do Wednesday night because we know Thursday was going to be crazy. Skidmore College has stu- actual students back on campus now, first time in two years. And like that, we thought it was just going to be absolute banana lands, but that didn't happen. In fact, it was dead in the bar. It was the, me, Rick, the bartender, and somebody else who was working that night. So we had a good time, as much you can have with you being the only two customers in the whole establishment on the night. But it was all good. Great seeing Rick again. Rick, if you're listening, great hanging out with you. I wish we could have had a little more people, but being a Wednesday night and all, we may do with what we had. All right, we go from the happy to the sad now. I hate to put the sad shoes on, but this is what I call condolence corner. And two people that were rather close to me, not family-wise, but just the same. They suffered some losses. I got to give the shout-out first out, first off, excuse me, to Pete A. Turner, host of the Break It Down show. Pete lost his brother to cancer recently. Well, I think it was cancer. I didn't read much into it, but just the same, Pete, if you're listening... Uh, my deepest condolences. Sad event to lose a family member. And he also put up a GoFundMe to help with the brothers. Uh, probably funeral expenses, whatnot. Medical bills will be coming in. Going to cost a pretty penny to get all those settled and give Pete's brother a proper send-off. Also, among the littles, too, a uh, fellow little of mine, Bob Sproul, out in Pittsburgh, his wife lost a battle with cancer, too. Fuck cancer. What is going on? I know we got COVID and all, but... Anyway, Bob, Pete, my deepest condolences to both you and your families during this very difficult time. Not much in the vanity portion of which to speak here, but the weekend I recorded the last Kitty Pot episode, me, my dad, his companion, and my nephew Hunter, all four of us banged it up to Lake George. There's no funny lines there. And we went up to Prospect Mountain on the parkway, stopped in I believe, the only one of the lookout points up the little parkway there. And then we got to the summit, took some pictures, but we didn't walk up the mountain. Dad's back was bothering because he rotated my mattress. I want to do it myself, but he said, you better wait till I come home so I can help you. But then... I found out he did it, but unfortunately it cost him a bad back. It wasn't anything serious. No, he didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, thank goodness. But the back really bothered him all weekend. It eventually passed. The older you get, you know your limitation of what you cannot physically do, what you can still do physically. But anyway, it was a great trip up. Lake George was just a gong show. Unbeknownst to us that weekend, there was an Oktoberfest, so part of Canada Street was blocked off so everybody could... Go get their booze on. We had to turn around a little ways up Canada Street, you know, before this side road that takes you past the lake, the steel pier, all those steamships, which are probably done for the year now. Going up the lake, I've been on one of those many times. So we turned around, stopped at a gift shop, took the little bugger out to supper, and then that was it, really. And then this past Friday night, we got to return to Franklin Alley Social Club, so we'll throw on the Tales of Franklin Alley music. No big intro, we'll just get right to the story. The following Friday, I went over to FASC because it was Frank Sicari's birthday. Big shout out to him. And there's an event called Frank Sucks. I mean, people could just 
And I can't believe I'm saying this. Good friend of mine. I don't know why people would do this to him. Jeff out of spite. They could just slap him around. Just give him one big slap across the face. Hopefully not too hard. He'd already injured his knee playing basketball. Let's not add further injury to that whole deal. So I did not, uh, you know, lay a finger on him. I gave him the dab, had supper there. Try the Luau Burger if you're ever at FASC. Man, oh, so good. I'm telling you, they retooled the menu since they reopened earlier this year. I think they might shut down again for the winter time, but that's just me. But back to the lecture at hand. I gave the dap to Frank as I left, hung out for a little bit. I just decided to go home as the sun went down. Beautiful night. And then the next morning... I'm looking on the old social media. I'm on Frank's Instagram going through his stories. There's all these people that were playfully slapping around. I saw Frank's brother, Rick, and then also I was the one who decided to pile in with giving him the dap on the birthday. So a very brief Tales from Franklin Alley right there and a very brief vanity portion of this podcast to start. And now we get to our main attraction of the morning or the evening or the afternoon or whatever. Well, gang, I hope you found it just as informative as it was festive, especially with the time of year we're going to be going to pretty soon here, if we're not in already. So with that out of the way, we'll get to some pod shout-outs. Greetings from Allentown. Peter Winston returned from his Florida vacation, and he broke down an episode of WWF All-Star Wrestling that aired January 19th of 1985. And it's noteworthy because it's the first time we hear Jesse the Body Ventura do commentary on WWF programming. And he would do that for many years alongside the likes of, say, Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon. I don't know what you saw out there, McMahon. And GFA Live, Peter and Keithy Langston did a live watch of SummerSlam 91. This is part one. Part two will be upcoming shortly. You can follow Peter and find out about the podcast at GF Allentown on Twitter. The Sportscasters. Who boy, Steve Bennett had himself a week. The most recent episode that dropped, Steve talked with Katie Baker, ex of Grantland, RIP, and now The Ringer talked hockey and whatnot, her journalism career. I listened to that interview. It's kind of interesting that she left the career as an analyst at Goldman Sachs to go right in the sports media. What a jump. Also, Steve talked to Jeff Agrest of the Chicago Sun-Times, and they chopped it up about all things sports media. Nice little change from Jimmy Trina and Richard Dyche, say. Steve and Dave Rollins on the 24-inch podcast also took a look at Hulk Hogan's match against Stan the Lariat Hansen that took place on April 13, 1990. You can follow Steve at sports underscore casters as he almost had a little trip of the tongue right there, he meaning me. Browns, pal. The Break It Down show, Pete A. Turner was sitting shiva, but that didn't stop him from cranking out some quality audio content. And the big news in the true crime world recently... The Zodiac Killer's identity has at long last been revealed. He talked to Eric Kleinsmith about the whole thing. Also, the Honorable Lewis Owens. Those two chatted about Del Rio, Texas and the situation with refugees at the U.S.-Mexican border. And Chris Thomas King stopped by for a, a little talk as well. You can follow Pete A. Turner at Pete A. Turner across all your social media. And Break It Down Show is at Break It Down Show in once again, condolences to Pete on his loss. And finally, the Loyal Littles podcast. Chuck and Roxy had a galaxy of stars recently. Tracy Tran made his debut. Plus a five-minute segment with Steve Lipton. Rick Sharp and Joe Mahan also made appearances. Well, you can 
Follow that on Loyal Littles Pod on Twitter. As for this dog and pony show, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, if your podcaster of choice has review and range capabilities, give me a good write-up and a five-star review. That would really help. Thanks in advance. Well, folks, it's that time of year again. The leaves have started to turn if they haven't already. It's certainly the case here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. And most everywhere else, if I had to make a wager. There's all manner of decorations like stretched out cotton balls resembling spider's webs. There's paper mache skeletons hanging around. There's pumpkins on the front lawn. We have them here at Bullet House on the front step. That can only mean one thing. It's Halloween once again, everybody. The annual observance of All Hallows' Eve marked by people wearing costumes. The unreal and the real world come together for one day. And for somebody on the autism spectrum, it's interesting. It's kind of off kilter. It's a whole bunch of things, a whole jumble. And especially if you're a kid, it can be traumatizing as well. I mean, kids that are NT, neurotypical, you know, they look forward to it. They come in costume, especially if you're in school. You have a big party. You kind of don't learn anything. Just one of those days. You look forward to it on the calendar. You're like, oh, Halloween's coming. Get all ginned up for it. Well, the older I've gotten, especially I've gone to adulthood, I've kind of shied away from the holiday, at least in the costume department, and finding other ways to celebrate, like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I've really gotten back into that in 2021. Full disclosure, I watch an episode every Saturday morning, so whether I'm sitting here in the living room of Bullet House, having my cup of coffee before the day gets away, gather my thoughts, watch the antics of Tom Servo, Michael J. Nelson, or Joel Hodgson, and Crow just riffing on horrific movies, the B-list science fiction stuff, and all that. But we're getting away from the subject. If you're on the autism spectrum, especially if you've got a kid who is in... That kind of a temperament. It can be a real shock to the system if and we're being honest. Now I found this article and this really had to take some doing. This is from Fox 31 in Denver, Colorado. And this is not from here. I had to do my research on this whole deal. And it was not easy finding reputable sites. There are all these Stories from local news sites all over the United States. But, like I said, this is from Fox 31 and KWGN-TV in Denver, Colorado. And this is according to a woman named Stephanie Ward out there in the Rocky Mountains with Hope Bridge, an organization out that way. And quoting the article here, Halloween can be overwhelming for kids with autism, including sensory overload related from flashing lights, scary sounds, in itchy costumes. I think I have a bit of a hassle with the costumes myself. Mass sometimes. You know, that whole thing. Here's the article. It says, there are some easy ways to get them involved. Consider having non-candy alternatives available. Such as small toys for those who may be on a restricted diet or have feeding challenges. Look out for blue candy buckets and signs that are sometimes used by individuals with autism. Which let you know that they may need more support. Now... When I first heard these blue Halloween buckets looking on social media one fine day, I was among the company of autism 
spectrum individuals who really didn't like that we were getting singled out. Find that blue bucket. I'm like, can we just have a normal orange one like everybody else? Come on. We don't need the special treatment, not of all days. Holy mother of... And I don't know why it was irrational. I, I really didn't find the rationale. Like, I just joined the crowd on that whole deal. Well, back to the article. If you have neighbors, family members, or friends on the spectrum, ask their caregivers how you can help prepare to make it more fun for them. They list off some tips for caregivers and family. Number one, for those developmentally able to understand, teach them about Halloween through social stories, YouTube videos, visual schedules, and more. If it makes sense for your child, bring a sign or treat bag that explains your kid has autism and that he or she may not say trick or treat, but they're still having fun and appreciate the treats. And they mentioned Autism Speaks, which as somebody who's a member of the Autism Society, reviles Autism Speaks and gives them the thumbs down. They're the ones that came up with the blue buckets, by the way, so fuck them all the hell. As for costumes, this is a short article, it should be noted. There are several stores that have adaptive costumes. Where were these when I was growing up? That's what I want to know. Know that haunted houses and trick-or-treating isn't for everyone. Well, not yet anyway. Consider an at-home party, and they use the air quotes, with movies and treats, a Halloween egg hunt, or hand out candy to other kids. Well, you don't want to feel the, those in the spectrum left out, but with restrictive diets and whatnot, you really don't want to go down that road. It'd be a great idea. Well, go down the road, you don't want to give them like Tootsie Pops or Tootsie Rolls or whatever. Somebody's lactose intolerant. I'm an older person now. I went for the, you know what? I went for the candy back in the day. I was all about it. You know, chocolate bars were great. Well, I like the sweet tarts. The smarties were kind of eh, looking back on it now. And I didn't pull any pranks, too. I was raised to be too good of a kid. I was above reproach when it came to pulling pranks or doing stuff the night before Halloween, what they call Mischief Night or Devil's Night, which is when the bad shit goes down. All sorts of pranks, you know, egg houses, toilet paper trees that are by this time defoliated. That's a fancy term, meaning all the leaves are gone. You know, they've all been raked off the lawn and whatnot. If only we raked. So all in all, you can have a great Halloween if you have a kid on the autism spectrum and not make a big fuss about it or have the kid not make a big fuss about it. Adaptive costumes are a new one on me. We never had these growing up. It's like, you wear the same costume as everyone else. If you don't like it, that's your problem. I'm glad that things are more adopted now to those on the spectrum. We still have a long ways to go, however. But just the same, I hope everyone has a great holiday when it comes around. All right, folks, we've come to the last segment of the show, and usually it's entitled One More Thing. And this is where I talk about something that, A, I haven't had a chance to discuss in the body of the episode, or B, something I discussed earlier, I put a pin in, we'll circle back to it later on, or around this time, really. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving you a two-for-one deal that cannot be beat, and we're going to talk two different subjects. In fact, we're going to call it creatively titled Two More Things, One Sports, One Not. 
We're going to get the sports stuff out of the way so you can go ahead and fast forward if this isn't your bag. It's the Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. And this is where I take a game from the weekend's college and NFL action and give you my pick on who's going to win. Now, the NFL slate, eh, looking kind of blah, to be honest with you. So I decided I had two options. I could either take the week off completely or look at the college slate. It looked like there weren't too many offerings on that front, but I found a game here that I quite like, so I'm going to share with you right now. So let's fire up the band, shall we? If you're a college football fan of any stripe, you know what that sound means. I'm picking a game involving the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Hey, that rhymes. The Fighting Irish are home in South Bend, Indiana, taking on the Trojans of the University of Southern California. That's USC to you and I. This is a wonderful rivalry. Great competitive games historically between the two schools. The galaxy of stars that have made it into the pros. Notre Dame's been having a good run of form here historically in recent years. USC, though, those championship years of the mid-2000s seem like centuries ago nowadays. Reggie Bush and all that. I remember as for teams to this rivalry, the Bush-Push team, I believe it was 2005. Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush going to the end zone, upsetting Notre Dame or robbing them an upset. Well, Notre Dame's in better form than USC currently, as I discussed earlier. Check the line. It is seven points, so I'm going to take the Fighting Irish minus the number. That means they're the favorite. Finally, we come to the second and final portion of this segment, and this is where I answer the Friday Five. This is where members of the TK Little Smart and Funny Facebook group, TK meaning Tony Kornheiser show, and oddly enough, in full disclosure, I'm recording this segment on October 22nd, 2021, which is 20 years to the day that Pardon the Interruption premiered on ESPN. Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon watch the show today, believe it or not. And this week's Friday Five questionnaire, for lack of a better term, is provided by Betsy Oilman Jaffe. That's her name. Don't wear it out. And she provides the following questions, and I'm going to answer them as honestly and as best as I possibly can. So that means you're going to be hearing some bullshit. Anyway, let's get on with it quickly. Question number one. What is your favorite TV theme song and why? Bonus question. Which theme song best explains its show? Well... Question the first, or 1A if you want to call it that, and this goes back to when we first got cable, and this show used to be on Nick at Night. You'll know it when you hear it. There's a holdup in the Bronx, Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout troop short a child, cruise ships to an idle wild. Car 54, where are you? Question number two, moving right along. I didn't have anything for the bonus question, but I'd have to say the Flintstones on that whole deal. All right, question number two. Oh, and another interruption. I forgot to tell you what my record was going into the Stone Cold Lead Pipe, blah, blah, blah. I was 3-2 and two on the season so far because the over-under pick in the Monday Night Football game went through. Now back to the Friday Five. Question number two. Every picture tells a story, doesn't it? What is your favorite story song? When the lights went out in Georgia... The night Chicago died? Patches? Do you know when to hold them or you're just a teenage dirtbag? Tell us. Who is the leader of your pack and why? 
Well, I was going to say leader of the pack, but I have to scroll through here because I answered these early this morning. I'm vamping for time here. Well, you're not doing too good of a job. But there's a lot of great answers. Eric Londrigan said Johnny Cash's boy named Stu. That's right up there. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by the great Gordon Lightfoot. That's according to Brian Becker, B-E-C-H-E-R. I went to high school with a Brian Becker, but this ain't him. That's really nice why you're just ramping for time here. Why don't I like Well, you shut up. City of New Orleans, Arlo Guthrie by Anthony Beeson. Oh, Jerry Reed. Jeff Turner said Jerry Reed eastbound and down from Smokey and the Bandit. So I'm just going, okay, well, what's your answer? All right, I'm getting there. Well, it took some thinking, but I cited a talking blues type of deal by the Charlie Daniels band called Uneasy Rider. It fit the times of the early 1970s. If you haven't heard the song, find it on Spotify. You will enjoy it. Of all places to first hear, it was the Dr. Demento show way back when. All right, question numero three. With the exception of Cool Aunt Claire, Natola, shout out, few of us get the opportunity to be a benevolent dictator. But if you could, for just one day, what song would you strike from the airwaves? Well, 20 years ago, Clear Channel, now iHeartMedia, temporarily struck a good number of songs from the airwaves in the aftermath of 9-11. Some which were played on classic rock stations. Well, guess what, folks? A number of people said Stairway to Heaven and... Your boy being a slave to fashion, he put that in there as well. Though Ron St. Amant said, if I'd never heard a Mariah Carey song again, I'd be a happy person. Uh, wait about a month or so there, bud. Because you'll be hearing that all over the airways on certain radio stations. You, it'll want to drive you up the wall and down the other side. In other mixed metaphors. Okay, number four. What is your favorite novelty song? Are they coming to take you away? Ha ha. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? Are you heading to visit Westminster Cathedral, the Great White North, or perhaps King Tut? A lot of great answers here. Well, Scott Moffat said Alan Sherman's Hello Mudda, Hello Fado. Just like the Charlie Daniels band song I heard, mentioned earlier, I heard it on the Dr. Demento show back in my teenage years. A dark period, but a fun time in my life. Because you're a teenager, you're somebody on the spectrum. Shit can get pretty bad. You got to deal with it however best you can. Bobby Gottfried, seasonable. One for him, the Monster Mash. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I got to find out what I had. Dina, you go to said One More Minute by Weird Al. I could have said anything by Weird Al Yankovic. And I could have just said that. Well, I responded by saying anything by Weird Al Yankovic. I didn't put it down here. said, I think I... And I will do that just now. You're going to have to leave that in. You know that. All right. Well, that's enough out of you. All right. Finally, and I certainly mean that after this wild ride... Little love their TK jingles. What's your favorite commercial jingle? Well, it was a tough one, but I had to go back to my childhood once again. And once again, it's one of those things where you'll know it when you hear it. This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world. Ah, nothing like nostalgia, huh? And on that note, we're going to bring it back to 2021. And we're going to bring it to the end of this episode of 
the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the 139th in the series. Hard to believe, I know, you're just as stunned as I am. But just the same, I thank you for listening. I never take the audience for granted. Never have, never will. I wish all of you a happy and safe Halloween. Don't get too scared. Be careful with COVID and cars and, you know, nails and candy and whatnot. I hope everybody makes it safe and has themselves a happy and safe weekend. Oh, it's next weekend. You know that. I told you to get out of here. Come on. Trying to end the show. All right. I better wrap this up before he interrupts again. So thanks for listening. Never take the audience for granted. And I'll talk to you on the next one, whatever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. <laughs> sit, boo-boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.